Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Adam from Panda Performance Lab in Surrey, British Columbia. What's up, Adam? How are we today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All righty. So let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym? Um, well, I, actually, <laughs> I never really wanted to own my own gym. Um, it just kind of happened pretty organically. I was the head coach at the facility that I ended up buying. Um, and the owner kind of wasn't really around much. And the business wasn't thriving at the time. So I just asked if I could, uh, if he would uh, sell it to me, because I thought maybe I could to turn things around a little bit. And I really obviously was attached to the membership base that we had and, and thought that they deserved a little bit more. So um, unfortunately, I bought it in May of 2019, which was only a few months before COVID hit. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of how the, the story the story started in terms of me being being a gym owner. Got it. Okay, yeah. so it was never really in the plans for you, but it just kind of the, yeah. happened. Yeah, kind of was like long term goal, and then I just kind of okay. threw it out there one day, and it was like, "Would you sell me this gym?" And he was like, "Yeah, I would." And then we just started negotiating. From the negotiations took a long time, but but uh, it worked out in the end. Okay. All right. So. Uh, CrossFit box. So what is your, I mean, typically we're looking at mostly group classes. So is that your business model? Is that how you structure things? Do you also offer uh, one-on-ones, semi-privates, any open memberships? How does that all work? Yeah, we kind of, we kind of fall under everything. So like my background is strength and conditioning. So we were, I was sports specific for about eight to 10 years, I guess, before I branched over to the CrossFit space. So our model is still mostly group classes, but I still do a lot of PTs um, only for athletes. Um, And we do have uh, quite a few competitive CrossFit athletes as well. So they have access to like our open gym times and stuff. So we kind of wear a bunch of different hats, but we do a lot of PTs as well as um, the group stuff. Okay. All right. So a little bit of a mix there. And how many members are you currently serving at the facility including pts or or uh crossfit members um yeah overall overall we have about 96 ish i think was the last time i looked at our total number um about 65 of those are crossfit members and then the rest are all athletes pts yeah Got it. Okay. And how do you structure your membership options? Do you do packages? Do you do month to month? Do you have commitments in place? How do you lay out the membership options themselves? Yeah. So since, since COVID hit, I actually got rid of all commitments. So everything's just month to month. There's one fee. And as long as you let me know before the next pay period hit, I'll cancel your membership. So there's no, nothing tying you down. This just got super messy with people trying to get out of their, 
of their uh, memberships and like canceling their credit cards and basically trying to hide from me. So I was like, I'm done with this. So yeah, we just went to um, a month to month model. That's one, one price unlimited. That's it. There's no other options in terms of our PTs. Those are a little bit different. Obviously those are package session based. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. We try to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now on the membership side of things with the group classes, with the month-to-month memberships, have you found that it is harder to track your monthly revenue? Typically, I mean, if retention is good, it's not typically an issue, but sometimes it can make things a little bit unpredictable as far as that monthly reoccurring revenue. So is that something that you experienced or is retention really good to the point where it doesn't really matter so much. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a tough, tough question to answer. Just like for us, we're not overly, uh, or we're not that far away from our last lockdown. Like our last lockdown was uh, ended in the middle of January. Right. So, and so this is also kind of a new system that we're, that we're running. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had any issues with it yet. Like our retention rate since being open has been really good. Right. Um, even even the times we were open in, in 2021 uh, where, you know, we, we were open under restrictions, our retention rate was really good. But when they lock us down, you know, so it's kind of, a, obviously we lose members. So it's kind of a skewed stat for me to even look at at this point. So right. I can't re- overly accurately answer that question, but at the moment, it seems to be okay. Our retention rate is high. Uh, we're running at like 99% retention rate right now. We haven't lost anybody since reopening, which is nice, knock on wood. But yes. um, yeah, like it could be an issue down the road. Um, but yeah, again, we haven't been doing it long enough. Right, okay, yeah, I know that things have been super challenging in Canada as far as the lockdowns and restrictions and you know more so than a lot of other places so yeah I mean just have your doors open at this point is a huge huge accomplishment yeah we're we're happy yeah and we we finally don't have to wear masks inside the gym either that was a big deterrent for a lot of people as well so so things are things are going in the right direction but we'll see yes absolutely okay and now as far as acquiring new clients and building the membership. How are you going about getting the word out there, getting new faces in the door? Are you doing any type of advertising, whether that be paid advertising through Facebook, Instagram, Google, what does all that look like? Yeah, so I'm probably the worst guest you'll have when it comes to answering that question. Up until recently, I was word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I did almost no advertising. I guess our motto was, if your product is good enough, people will come. So like, I really, you know, harp on my coaching staff and obviously myself to, to deliver a service that makes people want to come back. So we relied on our member membership to refer basically. So it was all friend referrals. And just, again, like I said, word of mouth, that being said about a month ago, I finally hired a marketing team. And we're just getting into the Facebook and Instagram uh, marketing. I've got a guy doing my SEO um, side of things. And I am useless when it comes to that side of the business. So I'm terrible with social media, like horrible. So all I, all I think I can do is, uh, is reshare a, a story. That's pretty much my, my knowledge on that. 
So we are just getting into it, but like I haven't even gotten my first report yet. So I don't, uh, I don't really know how it's going. Um, that being said, you know, our member, we've, we just had 20 members in the last two weeks. So that was a, a nice jump. I don't know if that's from our ads or if that's just because things are opening up yet. So right. maybe in a couple months, I can answer that question a little bit better, but we've been word of mouth for the last almost three years. Yeah. Right. Okay. And now ideally, where are you looking to grow the membership to? In terms of numbers? Well, yeah. right, right now, um, we're actually looking to expand into a bigger space. Our, my space is only about 2,500 square feet on the floor. So it's, it's, it's a little bit small to be able to do everything that we're doing. Cause we, there's a lot of times we're running PTs, you know, kind of off in the, in the back while there's a class going on. So that's kind of the goal. And obviously this bigger space means more money. So mm -hmm. we're currently trying to get to 125 CrossFit members. So almost, you know, and almost doubling our membership by September. So we can move into the, into the new space. Another reason why I hired the marketing team. So, and then from there, I have um, an acupuncturist that is currently on staff and I'm looking to grow the practitioner side of things. So the big goal is a one-stop shop. Like we have Acu, um, Physio, RMT, Naturopath on, on staff, as well as obviously our CrossFit classes, personal training, so on and so forth. So I really want like a, like a all-encompassing um, fitness facility. But again, you know, we're probably a couple years from having all of that, but we're looking to get into the space that can accomplish that by the end of the year. Okay. All right. Yeah. So growing to 125 CrossFit members will provide you with that solid foundation to be able to rely yeah. on and feel comfortable moving into that newer, larger yeah. space. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, so as far as other services within the facility to the members that you already have, are you offering any type of um, nutrition or accountability coaching or supplementation or anything like that to provide higher levels of service for your clients and then in turn, you know, be able to charge more for the services that you're providing? Yeah, we have two nutritionists on staff. So every probably six months or so, we do a nutrition challenge for the membership that is free for the most part. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. we'll do like a small fee for prizes and stuff, but it's mostly free just to entice members to, you know, get better eating habits. And that usually rolls into them signing on for um, nutrition uh, coaching. So that's been our strategy um, at this point. We don't really overly push it. It's more, like I said, back to the word of mouth thing. And both of our nutritionists are coaches, obviously, as well. So they have lots of touch points with the membership. So they're kind of obviously trying to sell themselves. Um, but yeah, in terms of a, of a, of a package, we don't actually have, it's just a, it's just an additional cost. We do give a discount for the nutrition for our current membership. So if you're a member of the gym, you get a break on the, on the monthly fee. Um, uh -huh. but that's about it at this point. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's a, a service that's there, but it's not something that you're really directing too much attention to or kind of pushing. It's no. more so just there if people want it. 
Yeah, to 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 a fault of, of mine, I guess we we do need to to push that more. There's just been so many other things going on, obviously with uh, with COVID and, and everything. So that is something in the future that we're gonna I'm gonna have my marketing team tackle, um, mm-hmm. and have a little bit more incentive for the memberships to sign up as well. But we're we're just not quite there yet. Okay, alrighty. So now, lots of kind of growth on the horizon for you. Yeah, hopefully, so, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, where are you directing most of your attention over the next few months within the business to get to that next level? What are the main things that you're really focusing on now? So what I'm really trying to do now is coach my coaches. Mm-hmm. So right now, not a lot of them um, – have a ton of experience coaching athletes outside of the CrossFit world. So I'm kind of the only real strength and conditioning coach, not that CrossFit's not strength and conditioning, but sports specificity obviously is a little bit different. So I'm trying to coach them up and put them through, um, you know, the appropriate courses um, that they need to get their knowledge base up to take some of those clients off my hands. So I can then spend more time, on the business um, in order to, to grow, spend more time with the marketing team, um, you know, go do more talks locally, knock on doors for local businesses and stuff like that to, to get more people through the doors instead of me being at the gym coaching all day, which, um, you know, we've been trying to do for obviously a couple of years of COVID put a, put a massive hold on that. So that's kind of my focus right now. So the emphasis is more just getting my coaches up to speed and, and allowing them to take on more and obviously putting more money in their pockets as well. So they can, they can uh, obviously be more full-time uh, with me and then I can, I can just grow the business. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That was actually my next question was what does your day to day look like? Cause most gym owners are in the gym all day, every day. And that makes it really hard to focus on, the growth of the business because if we're always in the business we can't work on the business and that is yeah. something that holds a lot of people back very often you know because it's really hard to be able to step away a little bit and focus on what's coming next when you're working in the gym training clients all day every day yeah i really i really struggle with that like passing my clients off especially people that i've had for like a really long time and they're obviously resistant to it as well because I've been with like some of my athletes I've been with for, you know, five, six years and, you know, taking them from collegiate level sports and now they're a professional athlete. And it's like, Hey, I, I, I don't want to train you anymore. Here's my, here's one of my staff. Like they don't like it. So right. it's like kind of finessing that out of it too. And be like, he knows what he's doing. I need to focus on something else. It's, it's, it's tough to really pull back, but it just, it really needs to happen. Right. Yeah. As I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Yeah. That can be one of the hardest things to do, you know, especially yeah. because it's like the end of the day, nobody cares about your business more than you do, you know? So it can be really hard yeah. um, to step back and, and let other people do some things and delegate some tasks and yeah. allow you to focus on what's coming next. But at the same time, it's like, I remember even like somebody teaching their first class, it was like, 
I was just there on the sidelines filled with anxiety, you know, yeah. <laughs> hoping that they delivered the level of service that yeah. the members and that clients would are provide. Used to. Yeah. Yeah. It's really tough. And like you, it's tough, like, especially if I'm in the gym and I'm not coaching and watching my athlete or my other coaches coach, you know, I like, I want to step in all the time, but it's like, I have to, sometimes I just have to leave. Like if I'm, if I'm working at the gym, I'm like, I gotta go. I can't watch this. Like I just get too, I get, I want to be too involved, which is a fault. I'm working on it, but yeah. Right. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard to do. It is hard. Um, so now as far as your trainers that you have and kind of the sales process, um, do you offer your trainers some type of commission or like bonus structure? Because when we talk about sales and fitness, what I hear all the time is I'm not a salesperson or I don't do sales or I don't like sales or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, we are a business and that is what keeps our doors open and that's how we help people. So do you incentivize your trainers to take on more clients, to make sales in some type of way? I always did that in the facility and that really helped to uh, get them a little bit more comfortable with sales and the sales process. So I always like to ask about that. If that uh, is something that you've done with your trainers. Um, I I've only done that with, um like my admin staff so like I mm -hmm. didn't have an admin staff for a really long time and then recently I I've hired one and basically any touch points that that she has with um, a potential new client if she gets them in the doors and they sign up then she gets a percentage of their membership for as long as they're a member so I've done that wow. with her she's the first person that I've done that with out really well and I haven't done that with coaching. but seeing kind of the extra work that she's putting in to get people through the doors um, I'm really looking at adding that in with my other coaches because right now it's it's kind of you know you get your hourly rate or your your cut of your personal training and that's kind of it and I bring in all the clients and mm -hmm. and hand them to them so it doesn't really, I mean, to answer the question, the more personal training clients they get, the more money they make. Right. So because they're, work, they're just essentially working more. But that doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, there's no real incentive in terms, especially on the CrossFit side of things. I feel like I should have some sort of, of incentive for them to go out and get members. Mm -hmm. But I don't at the moment. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's good to hear, first of all, that you have some type of lead nurturing process in place because a lot of facilities, a lot of businesses in general have no systems in place for lead nurture. So there are people yeah. who are interested and then they're never reaching out to them or making contact with them to actually get them in the doors. So that tends to be a really big gap. So that's good that you have somebody that does that specifically to make more people show up. Um, so I'm sure that that goes a long way. And then as far as the trainers and kind of incentivizing them on the CrossFit side of things, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely found it beneficial when I did implement some type of commission structure there. They would get 10% of 
the sale. So 10% of the cost of the first month of membership. Uh, and you know, that it tends to add up pretty quickly over time. Yeah. So it was something that definitely helped kind of, um, push them to get people to actually take the leap. Cause a lot of times if somebody's right on the edge, they won't take that extra step to, you know, push them a little bit in, in a good yeah. way to actually sign up. So that yeah. made a, a bit of a difference there and helped them to obviously generate more money and be able to work full time. Cause that's also something yeah. that a lot of, um, a lot of gym owners struggle with is people only doing a training part time, you know, and it's like, if they're part time trainers, then their level of commitment tends to be part time as well. Yeah, so, exactly. That's challenging. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get away from that. I have, I have two coaches that are basically full time. Um, one that I'm trying to get like full time, full time on, he actually wants to be on salary with benefits and that type of stuff. So we're trying to get him to that point. It's just, yeah, it's way, it's way better. The, the commitment is way more focused when right. they're, uh, when they're full time. I'm finding anyways, I would like yeah. to have only full time staff, maybe one or two, you know, part time to fill in some blanks or someone's on holiday once in a while, but right. Yeah, the part time just doesn't seem to work super great. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I found as well. The level of commitment just really isn't there. And they want to do trainings with them and try to help them get better. It's like they're just not there enough for it to stick. Um, so it tends to be a little bit yeah. challenging. So um, yeah. all right. So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, opening their own facility, kind of going their own way, what would that be? Ooh, that's a tough one. There's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a heavy question. Um, yeah. <laughs> what is the thing that I would advise people on? <laughs> be ready for long days. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> honestly, just, just, know your why I think I know that's kind of a kind of a kind of a cheesy thing to say but just I do it all the time where I like remind myself why I'm doing this why I love you know the fitness facility why I like helping people mm -hmm. um because there's a lot of days where you're kind of behind a computer and I'm sure you've done it too and you're doing a bunch of menial tasks and it's like one o'clock in the morning and you're like what am I doing yeah. But if you just kind of remember that you're kind of, you're changing people's lives for the better, um, you know, that kind of makes it worth it. So I just, I would just say, you know, remember your why, because times are going to be tough when you open a business. The first three to five years are always rough. So no matter what, just kind of stick with it, to be honest. And stay true to like what your passion is. Like I run my CrossFit gym quite a bit different than you know i would say the, the majority of crossfit gyms that i know of anyways um and i don't see anything obviously wrong with that or wrong with what they're doing but stay true to yourself and you know these things usually work out yeah absolutely remembering why you started is most important when you do have those challenging days and times as we've all experienced over the last two years or so more so than ever i would say yeah um, so definitely uh making sure that you're passionate about what it is that you're doing as well because sometimes 
when you do face those challenging times, it makes it not so fun anymore. It takes the fun out of things. Yeah. Uh, so definitely. COVID good... certainly did that a yes. couple times. Yeah. It did. I yeah. Definitely some moments. I don't know if you did, but I certainly had some moments where I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, it was very challenging. I remember days where it was like, I wouldn't even let people say COVID in the facility because it was like, it just made me want to rip my hair out. It was like, yeah, I didn't want to hear yeah. about it. I didn't want to talk yeah. about it. It was like, don't say it in here because we're, we're moving on. <laughs> and yeah. it was, it was very challenging to kind of keep, keep cool and composed during those times when, you know, you're doing absolutely everything that you can to just try to keep the doors open and, you know, you're limited to 25% capacity, but you've got hundred percent of your overhead due every month. Uh, I know. So, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was so that uh, very easily would take the wind out of anybody's sails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It certainly would. Yes. Certainly did. All right. Yeah. Um, any other points you'd like to touch on or anything else that you have to add before we start to wrap up? I don't think so. No, okay. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. So, uh, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, myself is at Talkstrong um, across the board. And then our gym is just at Panda Performance Lab. All righty. Perfect. I like that. Talkstrong. That's creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it works cool. well. Yeah. Back, back when I used to be fit. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that also you know owning a gym also kind of takes that away your own I know your you own. think you think you're gonna own a gym and just be able to work out whenever you want it's like I work out less now than I did before I owned the gym yep I still and train then, obviously I I don't want to give you know tell my clients to train and then I don't train but it's, right. it's tough to squeeze it in it yeah harder yeah yeah absolutely yeah. and it's really hard to work out at your own facility too when there yeah, are people yeah. there anyway Yes, especially if there's people there. They just you can't get peace. The people just come and pull you and pull you in a different direction. It's like yep. can I please work out? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like you have to have a, a membership at a different gym, even when you own a gym. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually not a bad idea. No, no it's my members not. would my no. members would hate me for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Adam from Panda Performance Lab in Surrey, British Columbia. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it, and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but... Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. 
I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Coach Ernest Allen of Atlas Pro Training, coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Ernest, what's going on, my man? How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, the weather here is, is pretty good. Uh, it's nice and cool, but the sun is out, so I'm I, I got yeah. a beautiful view from from my window, so I'm good. Yeah, we even we even got a little bit of sunshine up in New York State right now, so we'll take it. We'll celebrate it for what oh. it is. Ernest, obviously, we're here to talk mm -hmm. Atlas Pro Training and, and all that comes with that, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm a big believer that context is everything, and how we got here is just as important as where we're going, so mm -hmm. I want to pick your brain and hear a little bit of the story of what led you to being the owner of Atlas Pro in the first place? How'd we get here? I got here in 2000 and actually like around 2010. Um, I, I finished playing professionally. I played, I played a little professional football uh, in two, and I retired in 2008. And I got away from the whole athletic aspect of everything. I stopped working out and I, I opened up a, a, another company and I shut it down after two years after the downturn. And like around late 2010, I just started really looking at what I wanted to do. So I pulled a book off the shelf by uh, a, a trainer, uh, the guy who used to, who, who runs Exos. It used to be called Athletes Performance. And, okay. and I got it as a gift. So I got it, I, you know, I wanted to start working out again. So I opened yeah. the book. Had, is that James Fitzgerald? No, not not James Fitzgerald. Um, it's um, Mark Versigen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Mark. Yeah, Mark Versigen. He uh, he, you know, he he had a book. It was he wrote it back. I think like back in the early two thousands called Core Core Performance. So I got the book, opened it up. I wanted to start working out again. He had some very unique principles of training that really caught my eye. So I started following what he did, and it actually helped me with every little bit of issues that I was having from playing ball for so long and it helped me lose a little weight. So I was like, man, I've always created my own programs. Let me figure out what I want to do as far as in this industry. And I didn't want to be like a shade tree trainer. So I contacted a couple of buddies of mine who had facilities already, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast. And I asked them, what was the best certification for me to go? how which way should i go with in pursuing this and i had a real fire for it so they told me um try the nsca you know this national children's mm -hmm. strength and conditioning um uh certification for personal trainers um i didn't have i didn't have i didn't have my degree at the time so i couldn't go the ccs route so i took eight hundred dollars purchased all the personal training <laughs> Everything that they offered for as far as any the resource test, they have, any resource they had to prepare for the test. And I sat down and I studied for 14 months to, to actually get the information down. And so I ended up getting my certification a year, like a year and a half later. And I started my company. Really, I started my company in 2011 before I started my company, before I started Atlas. And, and I've been I started training kids in the park and and the rest is history. I kind of jumped around a little bit, but yeah, it's certainly evolved a little bit since then though. Oh, since, oh, yeah. since the oh. days of the park, right? Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's evolved big time. You know, I I moved um once, 
into a bigger facility from 600 square feet to like 1200. And um, I trained, I started off training primarily youth athletes, but I'm slowly transitioning away from that because it's so seasonal and I don't have the, the time and the effort to put forth to market and try to get kids and their parents in here 20, yeah. like all year long. So I'm going, I'm, I'm pivoting right now into a different direction, really focusing more on general population <laughs> and, um, and a more selective sports athlete that, that, that actually can play a sport for longer periods of time, yeah. but that still has the measurables that I can show improvement in the training methods that I use. So I think it's interesting because so many times like people like you and I that get into the industry from a sports background, we want to train people like us. We want to train the best of the best in terms of athletes and, and high caliber performers. But the reality is there's just not that many of them. And a lot of them don't have the money to pay for training. Exactly. And so inevitably the transition is what you just mentioned, right? The evolution from training middle school, high school, and, and college athletes to everyday Mr. and Mrs. Jones because they have disposable income. They can come in two or three times a week like clockwork. Mm -hmm. And you know, first of the month rolls around and they're going to be able to pay for this type of service. That's go. really, really important for a business like this. Whereas if I'm training high school kids and I have a handful that come winter are going to completely drop off because they're in season or come spring are going to completely drop off because their season starts. I'm in a tough spot. Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a tough spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so you're, you're making that transition now, but as I understand it, the service of this, how you actually deliver the training piece mm -hmm. is, is pretty in line with the one-on-one -on -one training model. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yes. I transitioned more from a, uh, one from a group training, really before the pandemic in 2019, uh, because the group training model kind of went sideways with the um, crunch fitness coming coming in. I have like three crunch fitness facilities within a within a 12 mile radius of my gym. Sure. And sure. you have I have like four orange like two or three orange theories, and when orange yeah. theory came in, I saw the drop off because they you know their their rate was a little bit cheaper than mine now their rates even more but people go there because it's it, because of the brand name so yeah. i transitioned away from from that to more personal because i saw more value that i can offer more value in the in the one-on-one -on -one yeah. personal uh, training side as a as a one-man show like this it never makes sense for us to go head to head with no. whatever the the goliath is no. uh, planet fitness 24 hour Mm -hmm. Orange Theory, F45, whatever it is, it yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. And, and we don't have the resources or the time yeah. to be able to do so. Mm -hmm. You found your niche in a much more tailored, personal approach to training. Mm -hmm. So you're working with clients, mm -hmm. getting them in. Talk to us a little bit about the, the marketing piece that goes into generating interest so we can even have a conversation about what we do in the first place. What are you guys doing from a, a marketing standpoint? Most of my marketing is word of mouth. I'm just being uh, be honest with you, word of mouth. Sure. Um, I do have uh, a good number of my clients come from the uh, website Lessons, which Lessons, you know, I've gotten a number of clients from that website um, and from, you know, Google, Google searches. 
you know, I'm trying to make make sure I stay up on stay on top of Google my Google business page because whenever I Mark. feed that beast, it is like I I yeah. automatically uh, it's automatic where whatever keyword I put in, that's the person that's going to contact me within the next like 60 days. So yeah, it's a it, you know it, it's it's a combination. I say like. I say like like 70, 80 percent word of mouth, and the other like 30 to 20 percent is is social media and and and, and internet. Um, that, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Is like refer, especially in one on one training, referral mouth, referrals and and word of mouth are incredible. The people that have the resources and the funds to be able to do personal training typically know other people that have the resources and the funds to afford personal training. So of course we're going to take those leads. It's free. They know who we are. They're probably going to be a good quality client. We'll take yeah. as many of those as we can get. The downside of course is, is that we don't have that much control, right? We might get three or five leads one month. We may get zero for a couple mm -hmm. months after that. And so you have, filled in some of those gaps with with social media with google seo and, mm -hmm. and gone from that with with social media or with google have you in the past or have you moving forward considered putting money into some some paid advertising or is that something you've already done i've done it before and i'm actually looking to hire a va to handle that aspect because I've, I, I've you know, I don't understand how the whole algorithm works, especially with Facebook and Instagram. The two that's primary important point, Ernest. I'm telling you, that's Bobby, a tremendously important point. Yeah, because one thing that I have that I noticed, if you don't know what you're doing, you will can you will get you will, you will get charged for things that you didn't know you were supposed to get charged for. You can and, burn a whole lot of money real real quick. Oh, in a heartbeat. And I learned, yeah. I actually learned that through Google. I don't even do Google AdWords anymore. Google AdWords is excellent. If you have the budget mm. to put into it, it is like one of the, yeah. it's like a, it's like a turnstile. It gives you so many leads, but you have to have a consistent effort to feed the beast, both yeah. resource wise and with money. So yeah. I'm hiring somebody to, to handle the, the Facebook and the Instagram. So yeah. somebody who has experience doing it. Any Anytime we talk about, anything related to a small business like this, but especially in marketing, this is a skill like anything else. And can you take the time to learn it? Yes. Mm -hmm. How long that takes and, and how much money we need to put into that process to learn it effectively so that we can do it ourselves. It's going to be case by case, but are there workarounds? Yeah, of mm -hmm. course. And do we want to make sure any sort of money going out, we know that there's some sort of return coming back. Yes, that's the name of the game oh, when you're yeah. running a business. This oh, is yeah. money in versus money out all day long. And so for you, have we done it? Yep, tried it. Have we gotten results? Yeah, it's definitely the yeah. process works. Mm -hmm. Do we necessarily have the time or the wherewithal to do it ourselves? Maybe, maybe not. That's the, that's the real kicker. That's the box that we need to figure out moving oh, yeah. forward. Okay. So uh, Ernest, take us to the next step then, right? We're getting leads in mm -hmm. from a number of sources, mm -hmm. word of mouth, Google, social media, walk-ins off the street, wherever they come from. Mm -hmm. What happens in your process from the time this person reaches out with interest to the time this person converts into a paying customer? What's that sales process like? 
the sales process, if they contact me through in, through the internet or email me or anything electronic, I return the email within, within the day. It, I try to keep it less than 12 hours in return. And then when they do send me any kind of information about themselves, you know, I'll send them, you know, after, you know, after we have, you know, after we make contact, I will send them a welcome packet. And the welcome packet in, entails a strategy form and a scheduling, a scheduling section and a section that tell me their top three goals that they want to accomplish from the training. So I'll send that welcome packet explaining the processes and not the processes, but really the, 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 the philosophy and the, the pillars of the training philosophy that I have on top of the strategy form and the pro and, and what I use as far as tracking their, their body composition. Cause I track everyone's body composition on, you know, that, that really that I train cause it helps hold me accountable. If they come in off the street and go straight from a consult, we go straight to a consultation. So I'll do like a free consultation, maybe last 45 minutes where we'll go in the gym. I will show them everything, how the gym is made up, answer any questions that they have. And then we go from there. And just to go okay. back to the internet after they, you know, after they receive the, the, uh, the welcome packet, we schedule the consultation by, you know, com you know, I, I confirm everything where when they can come in for a consultation, I'll give them three, several times during the week when they can come in, we schedule the consultation, they come in, everything goes well in the consultation, both from the internet or the walk-in, I schedule a assessment. I do an eight-point assessment on my, my um, athletes. I do a six-point ass assessment, physical assessment on movement for my general population. And then we, we hammer out the schedule from there and then we go, we hit the ground running. Yep. And, and so all of this is tailored and designed mm -hmm. for the client, right? That's the beauty of personal okay. training. We're okay. not trying to, to force any square pegs in round holes. And the sales process reflects that, right? You have oh. a consultation. We have an assessment. Oh, yeah. We have to figure out all of this preliminary information yes. mm -hmm. before recommending any kind of training plan. Oh, yeah. Right? And you always ask questions. The more questions you ask, the better all you're better you're you're better off in actually understanding what's needed and it actually helps your retention because it builds a better rapport with the, with the person where you're really you're diving into what they want to actually accomplish and you you know yep. you try to and you try I try to answer a lot I'll, I'll ask a lot of open ended questions and let them give me their the information that, that you know that that they that they that they want and then we, and then we go from there. Yep. And so Ernest, this is, this is focused on the training piece of it, but once we have a client, do you guys work any sort of nutrition yes. or accountability? Do we have any other ways for the business to collect revenue here? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you asked. And I'm just starting that aspect of the nutrition coaching, um, uh, piece that I'm going to offer all my personal, all my personal training clients. And I'm hammering that out. I'm, I'm using one of the more, uh, the more well-known nutrition coaching programs, which is the, the precision nutrition. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I, PN I, you know, is kind of the, the flagship oh, offering 
Oh yeah. Throughout yeah. the industry. Okay. So that's mm-hmm. soon to be coming, right? We haven't oh. actually rolled it out yet, but. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I'm in the beta stages of putting that out right now. I have. Ah, one, ah, ah okay. Yeah, okay. I have one client Understood. right now. And once I get him halfway through, once we get done his second meeting, which is when the next like four weeks, I'm going to enter one, I'm going to um, introduce it to one of my other personal training clients. And then after that, by the, I say like the bottom, the first of the third quarter, I'm going to be full fledged into it and, and offering I see. it, you know, as, as, a, as, a, um, as a, a service. Okay. So this is something that you plan to roll out in addition to the training. People can yeah. do oh, one yeah. or both. Correct? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and, okay. and, and, and okay. the way I'm going to have it structured is where if you're a personal training client of mine, some of the services that I've provided in the past are going to be linked to the nutrition coaching. And if you're not a part of the ah. coaching, you're going to have to actually pretty much pay a la carte for the services that I'm, I'm giving now, like body composition and, sure. you know, basically, you know, goal setting sessions that I, that I do. Sure. Okay. So really, I mean, diversifying the business and oh, yeah. allowing you to, to collect revenue in a number of different ways and, and fingers crossed, man, we don't have another pandemic and, and we're able to continue to train with clients, but yeah. with, with businesses that only, focus on the fitness component we're at risk right if if for whatever reason we aren't able to train clients that day whether it's because of a pandemic whether it's because you broke your leg whatever it is if that's the only source of revenue we have we're in trouble so we're able to build this nutrition piece out and and collect a little bit of money that way okay and so Ernest, let me ask you this going forwards what's your your big picture vision. Obviously it sounds like short term we're we're looking to grow. We're looking oh, to yeah. take on some of the nutrition co- clients. What's the what's the longer term here for you? The long term the longer term is to bring back my group training but have another trainer actually help me run it and after I get the nutrition aspect established to actually hire a nutrition coach where that's all they do, that, that's, that they just handle the nutrition. I'll do, I'll do the kickoff meeting, but they will handle the check-ins. They will handle the, the follow-ups and we will work together as far as with, with um, meeting with the client and making sure that they're on task and being held accountable. Uh, but they will handle the communications after the kickoff and we will work together to make things yeah. work. And in, in where it will take a little bit off my plate. And I wanted to actually get that done, you know, probably, you know, later this year, probably later this year, early next year, where I'll have, I'll have somebody that is solely responsible for the nutrition coaching. And then we can go online, offer packages online. And then that's just my general population is a way to actually get a longer rapport with people and have a have and really have them engaged in the nutrition aspect and, and really look at their behavior because nutrition usually goes into behavior modification 90% of the time so that is that's one of the main things and then i'm also um i'm going to really focus on like i said a specialized type of athlete which possibly will be golfers mm. you know where i start really working with golfers 
And, yeah. you know, and, and cause a lot of money in golf training, it's a lot of money in golf training, but the, I'm looking at that. That's, that's the gravy. What I'm looking for is something that I can actually show somebody hard data that what we're doing is working. What we're doing to actually improve you, your physical performance, you can see it in your drives. You can see it in your endurance and your your ability to play 18, you know, 18 holes and really and not feel like you're going to fall over. You're going to see an improvement in your movement, you know. So that's why I'm looking at golf. Golf sure. is like very, very detailed. I can be a little bit anal, anal, excuse me, analytical and anal about a lot of things. So. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, it's this type of conversation, Ernest, is important just to figure out how we go about all of those things, right? You have so many different things that you want to focus on. And fitness is crazy because there are so many different routes that we can go and so many different paths that we can take as a business owner. Sometimes that can be overwhelming and oh, we have yeah. too many options. Mm -hmm. And so figuring out sort of what's a and what's b and how do we go from one to the other can be just as important of uh, a time exercise for sure and, I, and Ernest, i mean in, in all reality i think every gym owner listening to this struggles with that at times I, I think that's that's something that we all benefit from the more we can have that type of conversation and and that's probably a pretty good place to begin to wrap this whole thing up but before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to shout out where people can learn a little bit about you and your training. What's, is there a website? Is there social yeah. media? Where should people go? I have um, my website, um, www.atlasprotraining.com. I just redesigned it and I'm, um, I'm, I'm really going to dive into how I can really maximize the use of it. You can, you can also contact me on Instagram. Instagram, I'm, I'm active. Don't, you know, I have a, a, a good, you know, a good amount of people, I guess, following me. You know, it's not anything crazy, but I interact with most of the people that I contact, they contact me and my Facebook page. And I'm also on Twitter. I'm not really active on Twitter. I have the page there because, you know, I, you know, I'm still a lot to manage. Oh, it's a lot to manage. That's why I just use Instagram. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, I was going to use TikTok, but I don't feel like dancing. So, <laughs> no. yeah, you know, so I, maybe I keep in it, the future, maybe, maybe the future. down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a couple of my athletes say, Hey coach, if you ever put a TikTok, talk, TikTok page up and you're dancing, I'm going to be the first one to follow you. <laughs> you got a, you got a built-in audience. Yeah, already. I got a That's built in audience sure. already, but yeah, that, I mean, those three things, Instagram, Facebook, and my website, those where you can contact me. Yes, sir. Yep. Connect with Coach Allen on all of those platforms to learn a little bit more about Atlas Pro. Ernest, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time and, and your oh. insight. No, I think it's been a blast. all of this is is tremendously valuable for gym owners and, and business owners in general to talk about. So I appreciate your time. I thank you. And, and I definitely wish you nothing but the best moving forwards here. I appreciate it. And I just want to tell, you know, everybody, you know, just say, say some short. When you get into this industry, you have to understand that it is not easy. And what kills this industry is people bouncing in and out of it. And what makes it even worse is when you give your services away for free or nothing, you're killing the guy next to you. 
And really, there's so many people out here that need that need help and assistance. There's enough. There's enough of a client base here for everyone, no matter what your niche is. Be honest with yourself. Charge what you need to charge to make sure you're able to take care of yourself, so you don't you you don't devalue the entire industry and kill it. Mm. That's Spot my- on. <laughs> Love that. Thank you. Thank you, as always. And and to everyone who tuned in today, thank you, too. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners that are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today I'm here with my guest, owner of Surge to New Levels in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Sergio Luna, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I am excited to talk about you and what you got going on there. Uh, Let's dive into it. What's Surge all about? Uh, So Surge is basically a semi-private gym. Uh, We focus on powerlifting, strongman, and boxing as well. Uh, So um, we've been in business since 2015, and in that time, we um, kind of become one of uh, Chicago Land's largest uh, powerlifting gyms. Um, and then we're also recognized at, at a national level for, for our gym and uh, for some of our events as well. Awesome. I want to talk more about your services and your events because I know that's a, a, a bigger focus for you these days. But before we get into that, give us a little bit of background, um, your athletic background, training career, and and what led you to open up Surge uh, back in 15? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I went to school at the uh, University of Illinois in Champaign. Um, and so during that time, I really spent a lot of time uh, trying to create a good resume so that when I graduated, I'd be able to find a job right away, uh, just like everybody had told me I'd be able to do. Um, so, you know, I was president of the powerlifting club, the bodybuilding club. I even managed events during that time, worked at the rec center all four years. And when I graduated, I just found myself in a world um, where I wasn't really quite able to do what I expected to do. Um, And so uh, for a month, um, I worked at an LA Fitness because I was basically the only job that I could kind of manage to somewhat get, um, where they were kind of giving me more of a a directing role. 
And after a month, I was just like, you know what? I don't think this is it for me. Um, it just felt very aggressive and predatory and it made me feel very uncomfortable. Um, and so um, I figured, okay, well, you know, um, I do know I have some sort of uh, incline towards business. So uh, maybe I can try something else. So I worked at a state farm where they're prepping me to be an agent to own my own office. Um, and it was a great experience. But after six months, I told the guy, I said, I appreciate everything, but I have to quit because one day I just felt like I'm like, I don't think I can live the rest of my life like this. And it's now or never. Um, so at 23 years old, um, I basically decided to go ahead and just uh, give it my all. I had a friend who opened up a private gym. And so I started training clients out of there. That was in 2015. And then by 2016, I had enough um, to be able to open up my own gym. That was 2,500 square feet. 2018, we expanded 5,000, and then 2020, we moved into our current space, uh, which is 12,000 square feet. And um, a lot of that, um, during that process too, um, in college, I was uh, competing in powerlifting, um, and then kind of, it, it all culminated really nicely where it ran parallel with my, with my uh, powerlifting career. So I was fortunate enough to train with a world-class team with you know, some of the, actually one of the guys on our team had the biggest um, squat in the world at the time. Um, so I was training with them. Um, so I was an elite powerlifter at the 165, 181 class. Um, but then as we kind of kept going with the business and, you know, um, that kind of took priority over my, my competitive career. But I definitely took a lot of what I learned from that environment and what I liked and didn't like. Um, from the industry, and I transformed it into my own vision of what I thought powerlifting could be uh, for the future. So that's kind of a, a little, a little gist of kind of how we got where where we are today. All right, man. So we're gonna dive in on some of those things. Something that stood out to me, and, and the fact that you're here now, um, at least means that we can talk about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you expanded to twelve thousand square feet in 2020. Uh, which there was a little pandemic thing that kicked off right in that time. So where were you in that timeline? How did it affect you? Did you, was it an opportunity for a real estate deal? Was it something, you know, what, what was the timeline about that? And, uh, you know, how, how'd you make it through to the other side? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because fall of 2019, the opportunity kind of fell on us. And I had a, a friend who had a cousin who owned a CrossFit gym who no longer wanted to be in business. And they were basically just trying to get rid of the uh, facility and their lease. And so at the time, I still had a, um, my lease was all the way through uh, summer of 2020. Um, so I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, and then we finally struck a deal where it was like, all right, I'll move in uh, January. Um, they'll pay for January, they'll leave all the flooring, and they'll leave uh, the CrossFit rigs that they had on the walls. Um, so I was like, all right, cool, great deal. Uh, we spent basically uh, through Christmas and the holidays um, working hard to get the gym open. And I think first week of January, we opened, um, and everybody was super happy. Everyone was super ecstatic. And then you started getting the kind of like little news headlines here and there. And then eventually it just came down to, all right, I think we got to shut down. Um, and to be honest, um, at the time, I actually shut down just a little bit earlier um, than we were uh, mandated to, because uh, I noticed that all the commercial gyms around me were closing. 
And so what that created um, was a, a, a rush of people who were coming to my gym, not because they wanted to come to my gym per se, but because they just wanted to go to, go to a gym that was open. Um, so one day I looked, it was Friday night, it was so busy. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. It just doesn't feel right. Um, so I closed it down. Um, but luckily all of my members were extremely supportive, very, very um, you know, loyal to uh, Surge and to what we built. They, a lot of them have seen us you know, come up from like day one. Um, so they continue to pay their memberships throughout the uh, pandemic. Um, I think we were closed for like a month or two. Um, and then I was able to think on my feet and I was able to actually rent out a lot of the equipment that we had. Um, so I had combo racks, barbells, plates, et cetera. And I basically rented it out to all the uh, members. Um, and then, um, yeah, once we started coming back, it was kind of a slow process, but that definitely put a hamper on kind of like the goals because when I moved into the space, I was like, all right, boom, we're going to hit the ground running. And I knew that all of 2020 was basically just going to be um, survival mode. And we survived. And then, to, and I knew that if we survived, we would be able to thrive. And 2021, it was kind of still that uncertainty with everybody with the pandemic. And now that it's 2022, I can definitely see a big difference where everybody, like now, surge is what it should have been from when we moved there in 2020. Now that everyone's a lot more comfortable, for sure. Yeah, it's nice to finally feel like maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, it's, uh, we never, I don't know if we'll ever know that we're fully out of the woods or what the woods look like, but at least with restrictions and vaccinations and people for the most part feeling okay and no new, no new waves in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is what they call the new normal or what, but I think we all have our guard up, but we're starting to at least be able to breathe a little bit. So glad you made it through to the other side and, and you're getting into being, you know, the type of facility that, like you said, you were, you were meant to be, and you, you should have been a little bit sooner, but, you know, just making it out to the other side of this is big. So let's, let's talk about some of the things that you are doing now. I mean, your, your gym, uh, we described it as, as semi-private. Um, you're not, you're not for everybody. Not that everybody couldn't benefit from working out with you or that you're elitist, but um, you as, as the owner operator of the gym are personally involved with anybody who, who shows interest. You wanna make sure, it sounds like that there's a good fit both ways. You're not just there saying, hey, if you pay me 75 bucks a month or whatever whatever your fee is, come on in, do whatever it is. Like you're, you're really, trying to make sure that, you know, where you have a lot of people who are, you know, for, for lack of better terms, a little more serious, a little more hardcore, um, power lifters, bodybuilders, things like that, that somebody's going to come in, they're going to feel comfortable. They're not going to feel out of place. So, um, you're one of the only gyms where I've seen it. It basically is a personal invitation from you on the website that says, Hey, if you want to join, let's have a conversation. And, you know, don't just sign up online and show up. So where did that evolve from? And how, did, how do you feel like that allows you to serve uh, your clientele, your community in the best way? Yeah, no, it, it, it's something that I think um, from day one, the vision that I had was I am a powerlifting gym, right? And so I always did personal training with Gen Pop, but I knew that when we opened, 
the gym that it was going to be powerlifting specific. And that's because of my background and what I knew um, I could do and I wanted to do. And I found that a lot of gyms, um, a lot of other powerlifting gyms kind of spread themselves too thin, right? They were powerlifting, but then they also had a bodybuilding area. And then they also had this and that. And I found a lot of the concerns with a lot of the community, um, the strength training community was a lot of the times it would clash. So originally it really started as powerlifting specific. Um, so even if you come into the gym today, you know, it's mostly just like an open layout. It's mostly free weights. Um, there's very little to no machines. Um, but um, we wanted to uh, focus on the powerlifting because we knew that that's kind of like where we, we would be able to uh, cater to best. Um, but then that being said, um, you know, we invite everybody from beginners to intermediate to world-class lifters. I have people who have never touched the barbell. But my biggest thing is as long as you are generally interested in being a part of the community, as long as you are looking to learn and you're open to, uh, you know, being in that environment and you're comfortable in that environment, by all means, you know, anybody can join the gym. It's just maybe not for everybody because not everybody wants to do that, right? Um, on the other end of the spectrum with like some of my more uh, world-class, you know, lifters, uh, my biggest thing with them is just respect, humility, and giving back. So no matter who's coming in through the door, uh, no matter who it is, we have a lot of big, big name lifters that come in through the doors. I treat everybody just the same. It doesn't matter to me if, you know, they are very strong or if they just started, doesn't matter to me, you know? Um, Cause like I said, my biggest thing is just respect and treating everybody equally. Um, our motto is strength does not discriminate. Um, so same thing with the world-class lifters, you know, being humble and um, being able to give back. So um, those are big expectations um, that I have for them and a culture that I've developed. So as especially right now, there's like a big wave of the new generation of powerlifters coming in, you know, a lot of your, uh, your, your teenagers and, and um, you know, um, early 20s. Um, and, you know, it's nice to see an environment where they can come in and they can say, wow, Serge, like it's crazy just how positive I feel coming in through your doors and how comfortable I feel and like that I can ask questions to anybody and nobody's going to judge me, right? And so that's been a culture and something that we've really tried to develop from day one because um, everybody has to be on board for it to work, right? Um, especially since it's a private gym and there's no really no staff, it's just me. I have to be able to count on my members and my people to be able to uh, more or less kind of help me take care of the gym, watch out for the gym. So a lot of the times are very proactive in the process of, hey, you know, this broke or, hey, this happened, this is going on. Um, but uh, when I say it's a community, uh, it really is a community. And a lot of these people really do go out of their way uh, to make sure that um, what we have built uh, continues to thrive and, and stay special for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. One of the things that you said that that stuck out to me a lot is you talk about um, different different types of gyms, whether it is powerlifting or strongman or whatever, being spread thin. And I think a lot of times that comes from from the economics of trying to get different business models. We talked a little bit off the air. You're in the Chicagoland area, so you have a large community that you can draw from. Um, when you are in something that's a little more specialized, um, a little more niche, uh, one of the most common things that, that I see in to varying degrees of success, some people pull it off amazingly and some people get kind of caught up is we'll have a, a sport specific or a, a little more 
um, niche, you know, strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, things like that. And then when they start wanting to add revenue, the first thing they go to lowest hanging fruit is usually gen pop weight loss. And there are people that are with it. There are people that are strictly against it. Um, but everybody asks about it. Is that something you've ever been tempted by to, you know, add that in to advertise it, anything like that? Or is that just something where you've said like, this is our identity. This is who we serve best in, in, you know, X, Y, Z from there. How has that ever come across your radar? Yeah. And like, you know, people will ask like, oh, why is there no, you know, why is there not a lot of machines, et cetera, a lot of cardio stuff. And it, it is our identity and it is part of our thing. I mean, we actually didn't even have mirrors until just this year, you know, and when I finally added the mirrors, everybody was, you know, kind of joking around about it. Like, oh, okay. You know, like, you know, now, now we, uh, we're all going to flex in front of the mirror, but um, no, it, it, it's just something that I would, I, I know what I am and I know what I'm not. Um, and I've always been very confident with that. And so I knew that powerlifting was what we were going to do. And then eventually along the way, we had strongman implements as well, which kind of went hand in hand, even though they're two kind of separate communities. Um, but we also created an environment where it really worked out and they could support each other. Um, and now we have a very extensive strongman area as well. And then more recently, we added boxing as well, because that was a sport that I grew up with. Um, and that, that was a whole nother community, but that's the farthest I will go. Um, and that's only because those are things that I genuinely have a passion and interest in, and I can like communicate to them at a personal level, but also to at a business level. It's not really like, um, you know, something I'm just doing to bring an in income, like really like to me, that doesn't matter. I know that the money and the income will come in with time, you know, and it's just like, you just, for me, it's just doing my best, treating people right and um, making the best decisions that I come. And it just always kind of has brought success to us. So I've never done anything that I felt like I would be uncomfortable with, um, you know, in the sense that it was uh, not part of my identity, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely never, I, you know, I've never really played too much thought in, or put too much thought into that, you know? I just know it, it, it's something we kind of, we, we have something special going and I just don't think it would really fit what we're looking for. And, you know, and there's people who want to be a part of commercial gyms like that. And that's perfectly fine. You know, by all means, you know, I'll even recommend like my, my friends gyms, you know, uh, who own more like private bodybuilding style gyms. I'll definitely recommend those and refer out. And I'm always honest with people too, you know, because the last thing that I want them to do is join a gym and then feel like, Oh man, I wasted money or, I'm not comfortable or this isn't what I thought it was. So that's also why I like to do everything very personal so they can talk to me and they can understand what the expectations and standards are coming in, but also too, as a way of kind of like disarming people, right? Because you, you, you know, you come into a powerlifting gym and you think, oh, there's going to be a bunch of like big guys and it's going to be scary. So I got to put up my guard and put up my wall and immediately right through the doors, I greet them. You know, my biggest thing is I say hi and bye to everybody at the gym before I leave and when I get there. And so whenever somebody's new, my biggest thing is just making them feel welcome. Basically, you know, I'm, I'm a host. I'm there to serve them and, you know, whatever they need to be able to feel like it's a welcome space for them, you know? Um, so, so yeah, kind of went off on a little random tangent there, but yeah. That was perfect. And you led into the next thing that I want to talk about is you started off with this one identity 
And the only thing that you've really gone off into now is, is boxing. Um, and that's because it is something that you got more into. It's something that, that you found a passion for as your personal training and fitness evolved. So talk a little bit to us about how this went from something. It sounds like, you know, you don't, you don't ever like dip your toes into the water or something like if you like it, you're going all in. So how it became something that you got passionate about and then, um, you know, how you adapted it into the, the program. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I actually was the runner up for the golden gloves in, in 2008 for my weight class. I think I was like, why weight? I weighed 115 pounds back then. Um, but then, um, then I started powerlifting, right? So I kind of gave up the, the boxing, but once the powerlifting kind of started hurting, I was like, all right, I kind of need to do something different and be healthier and, and treat my body a little bit better. Even though I know getting hit in the face isn't exactly it for a lot of people, but for me, it was, you know, because it, it wasn't squatting heavy, deadlifting heavy anymore. Um, so um, I started getting into it and I found that it was really, really fun uh, to do it again. And so next thing you know, I'm buying, you know, a professionally sized ring, I'm putting it in, you know, because we had the room and we had the space, I'm putting in all the bags and that sort of thing. Um, but I think what I knew from day one, why it would work is because Ultimately, yeah, sure, we're, we're, we're a powerlifting gym, whatever it may be, but um, ultimately, we are a community, you know, and like my biggest thing has always been um, making people happy, making people feel welcome, making people feel appreciated, and so I knew that the boxing was another outlet for people um, to be able to kind of like uh, feel that in a different community that was still in-house, you know, and so uh, the powerlifting community felt that way, really appreciated. The strongman community felt really appreciated. And I think we've gotten to the point now where the boxing community also really feels appreciated. And that's just my biggest thing is I just like making people feel happy and feel good about themselves. Like, um, you know, I, I, when I started powerlifting, you know, my experience was not a positive one. You know, I went to a gym where I felt like I was you know, being mocked and made fun of instead of being helped and, and that sort of thing. And um, I told myself that I, the day that I open up my own gym, I would never make anybody feel that way, you know? Um, and then same thing goes with the whole LA fitness thing. That really taught me that, you know, I never want to be that salesy guy that's like, join my gym, join my gym, you know, just for a bottom line. So that's also why I kind of like, just let people be, you know, like if they want to join, they want to join. If they don't, they don't, that's all right. You know, but whatever makes them comfortable and whatever makes them happy. You know, that's, that's my biggest thing. Yeah. You're like the per personification of the, um, the phrase that gets thrown around so easily nowadays is, is staying in your lane. Yeah. Right? You're going to have it in your gym. It's going to be something you're knowledgeable about, something yeah. you're passionate about, something that someone comes in and you're excited and they're excited. All right, let's do this. If yeah. not, then you know, not that you're going to turn people away, but you're setting expectations of like, this is who we are. This is what we're really good at. If you want that, you're in the right place. Exactly. If not, like you said, you might refer people out the same way that, you know, um, you know, a, a, a boxing trainer might refer somebody out to a Muay Thai if they wanted to do more. It doesn't mean that you're not good or that you don't want to help somebody, but sometimes the best way to help somebody is to give them a referral or to just tell them that, hey, you know, this, this environment, this culture, 
you know, if you can't gut somebody in and they're like, you know, I just want to come in and show everybody how badass I am. I can picture that same conversation like, well, hey, there might be another gym for you. Right. But here we're about humility. We're about respect. We're about lifting people up. Yes. It's not about that. So there are a million different reasons, but you maintaining that personal touch, doing those new client interviews um, obviously helps you keep that, uh, keeps your culture intact. Yes. Helps you to service people at a higher level than you could if it was just you know, open door, you got a credit card, let's do this. Right, exactly, yes. So on the on those, you know, um, consults, new client, potential client interviews that you do, um, how in-depth did you get about, you know, people's goals, what they want to get out of a facility? And then from there, um, I know you have trainers that are independent contractors. Are you ever referring people right off the bat? Like, hey, I think, trainer Bob would be a really good fit for you or do you sign people up and, and let the trainers do their thing? What does that process look like? Yeah, so um, the reason I like to talk to everyone personally is because right off the bat, I just based off their questions or how they um, you know, kind of uh, inquire about the gym, I know how to redirect um, what they want. So if they're calling and they're saying, Hi, are you guys 24-7? Then I know they probably just found us on Google and saw that we're 24-7. So that's when I'll kind of further explain like, all right, did you look through our website? Did you look through our Instagram? And that's when they kind of start um, getting a little bit more confused and, you know, um, maybe then they're like, oh, okay. And then they just kind of hang up, right? Um, and that's okay. You know, like there's people that just want to join a gym for the sake of joining a gym. Um, then there's people who call and they're like, you know, um, like I just got a text, you know, and somebody's like, hey, you know, I just, uh, I, I moved closer um, to, to Carol Stream and I've been really wanting to go to your facility for a number of years. Like, when can I sign up? Right there, I know that's already a person who understands our culture, understands our community. I'll sign them up right away, you know? And usually I have like, when I sign up people, I'll explain to them like, okay, you know, this is how we do things here. You know, barbells are color coded, so you're not confused with the powerlifting bars. You know, um, there's no staff, so this is how you sign in. We just do it old school. Um, little things like that on, on what to know about the gym. Um, sometimes I'll get uh, people that are like, you know, um, I want to get into powerlifting, but I don't know where to start. And that's where, you know, I'll see kind of what they're thinking and what their budget is. If um, they don't really have it in their budget, I'll just recommend doing the open gym and just asking people for help. And, you know, um, being around the environment alone, you will be able to learn tremendously. Um, but if they are able to budget a coach, then yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'll try to set them up with a coach. Um, but based off their conversation, that's kind of how I, I tend to figure out like what they're looking for. And then I can better gear uh, the conversation. Um, but it's also, like I said, a, a good way for me to kind of set standards and, and to kind of like um, set the tone for the rest of the gym um, so that they can feel welcome and, and, and you know, uh, appreciated. All right, so that's one of those um, hats in the gym that, that you're not, not quite ready to give up. Some of the things that you have moved away from a little bit, you're not training clients for the most part. You're not uh, working a lot directly with the members outside of that process, but that's freed you up, well, one, to have more time with your family, um, but also to work on the business in a couple of capacities. So how much of your time is spent on things like 
you know, doing marketing, coming up with new programs, and then um, also the events, you know, that's something that you're putting a lot more time and energy into these days. So where does, where does your other time get spent in between, you know, home time and uh, meeting potential new clients? It's a work-life blend for sure. Um, my brain never stops working. Um, so usually, for example, there was a busy season um, where it was just like a blitz, you know, it was like, okay, had the baby, you know, uh, had Ellie in, in late December, then it was like the January rush, then I like updated the boxing area, then it was like, you know, you throw in like, okay, cool, I'm gonna have downtime, then it's like all of a sudden maintenance and repairs, and it's like, all right, the first March event, you know, planning, planning and preparing for that. Um, and then I thought I'd get a little break after that. Then you get hit with a whole nother rush. We had a big national competition in the area. Um, so people from like all over the country ended up showing up at the gym. So I really had to be there for that, you know, um, cause that was, that was a very crazy week. And then we had another event, you know? Um, so, um, now I kind of have a little bit more downtime. I'm trying to like schedule in my head where it's like more like mesocycles, cycles, you know, where I'm going to be busy during this time and then finally take, you know, try to like, uh, let myself relax, but. A lot of the time, um, I'm basically just um, planning for events, advertising, marketing, doing my books, you know, uh, maintaining and keeping the gym, um, you know, um, it's always miscellaneous tasks, um, but it, for some reason, always seems to take up a lot of my day, you know, um, but um, it, I, I've tried to definitely work on that blend, because for a while, I was definitely getting really burnt out, um, so that's why I chose to, to give up the, uh, the personal training and the coaching, even though I really enjoyed it. I just feel like um, the direction of the gym, um, now we're set like membership wise, but our events are just taking off to a whole nother level. So uh, we, we run powerlifting events, we run strongman events, um, you know, we do charity events. Um, we have like a cookout in the, uh, like a taco party in, in the summer. So those are all things that I like to plan and do because it gives people something to look forward to. Um, you know, for me, it's not enough to just have the gym open. To me, that's complacent, you know? Um, uh, instead, I'm always proactively thinking of ways to engage the community, whether it's through, through events or, or different things like that, but it really does have, um, or get people excited and looking forward to stuff and it brings them together and, and it just creates a, a, a tighter um, tighter bond with, with all of us, especially since we're in a sense, like a very small niche community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, um, there aren't a lot of hours of your day going unfilled, but ultimately you're at a stage in your career where you can, you can decide how you're going to spend most of them. You, yeah. know, if you don't have a specific meeting with, um, with somebody at the gym. You can kind of, all right, you know, these are the hours when the baby is awake. These are, you know, these are the, the times that I put aside to this. So you have a little more flexibility, mm -hmm. but you're not just sitting back and binging Netflix. You're still finding, you know, finding other ways to be productive yes. and continue to, to grow the business. So um, with, with such a, um, a specialized gym, something that doesn't necessarily have the full mass market appeal of, you know, the quote unquote Globo gym, um, how have you acquired interest in, you know, from your clients? I mean, now you've grown to a point where I think some of it is reputation, but when you started you know, do you, have you done a lot of external advertising, marketing, and what does that look like? 
Yeah, I never did any advertising um, and I kind of stay away from like your general paid advertising just because I'm not trying to like reach, you know, everybody, so to speak. And so a lot of it was always uh, word to mouth. Even when I first started personal training, you know, I basically started off, I read some article online and I was like, huh, I'll try this out. Um, but basically, you know, I started off with five clients that were kind of like, um, back then influencers weren't really a thing, but you know, um, it was like your barbers, you know, your, your, your salon people, like people that saw a lot of people on a regular basis. So I started training them at a discounted rate and then kind of like through word of mouth, you know, um, kind of like multiplied that and so on and so forth. And so for a while, a lot of my word of mouth was specifically for the gen pop stuff. Um, but then eventually once I started the powerlifting coaching, then it started expanding into there. And so once I um, opened the gym, um, I already had a good base of network um, within the powerlifting community, not only because of my own competitive endeavors, but also because of the coaching. So, um, I mean, you know, the first year really though, there wasn't like a ton of like people that were like, yes, powerlifting gym, you know? Um, and especially because we were so new and people were unsure and we didn't have everything we have today, um, but like, um, my biggest thing was just getting people to believe in my vision in person, right? You know, getting quality people in person and kind of like um, um, expanding out like a ripple effect where, you know, I would tell one person, hey, this is the vision we're going for. And then, you know, they would jump on board and they would communicate that to another person. And that's kind of how it's gone on through this today, you know, where new people will join and they already understand kind of what's going on because of that word of mouth. So I don't do any paid advertising. I don't do anything like that. I basically just post on Instagram. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm try to be as genuine as I can, as transparent as I can. I try to be myself. And if people like that, then, you know, that's cool. If they don't, that's all right too, you know? Um, but that's kind of how I've done things. That, that's a great attitude to have there. So we know what you're doing now. We have a, a solid idea of your background. So really the last thing we haven't uncovered is, you know, what else is, is on the, you know, on the long-term goal sheet for you, you know, two, five, 10 years down the line. Is it, is it multiple locations? Is it, you know, just grow this one as much as you can? Um, you know, where do you, where do you stand as far as that goes? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so right now, I don't think uh, people always ask, like, are you going to open another location? I don't think so. I think what we have is special enough that I have to keep it that way. If I ever did expand and open into, you know, other gyms, I'd probably be branded differently or, or something like that. Um, but right now, my goal is to continue expanding on the events because they've shown a lot of success. And this year we added uh, more to the calendar. Um, so the powerlifting has been great. Um, Power Surge in October is one of our biggest events of the year. Uh, we give out $10,000 in cash prizes. And then this year we're getting a professional uh, production crew to come out. So that's a huge, massive event that draws people from all over the country, uh, lifters from all over the country. Um, but then I also want to add a boxing show, I think in the summer um, and see how successful I am with that. Cause we just did a strongman one and that was extremely successful. Um, so in my head, I kind of envisioned this thing where eventually I can build up um, a, a great deal of success across all three, where I can maybe do some sort of convention, where I can have a 
power weekend of boxing, strongman, you know, a sports weekend, have vendors and, you know, kind of like a, a little mini convention where people can just come out and, uh, and have a good time and, and enjoy these sports and eat and drink and that sort of thing. That would be kind of where my brain is going um, in, in, in regards to that, but also too, um, I have been kind of considering, um, you know, a little bit more of uh, getting into uh, business consulting and like helping other gym owners as well. Um, you know, when we had that um, national competition in the area, um, I had a lot of gym owners from other from other uh, states, you know, like um, asking me, like, you know, how did you do this? Um, you know, um, what what have you done up to this point? Like, I have this issue. How would you resolve that? Little things like that. And it's become so commonplace that I feel like I do have a lot um, to kind of like offer. And I do a lot of it for free because I just genuinely enjoy talking to people about this and helping other people. Um, but I also think if I were wanting to take it to a whole nother level, um, it, it would definitely be something I'd, I'd have to look into to be able to make some sort of income off of it, um, especially if I give it my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, the idea of a convention, super cool, especially when you have the combination of things under one roof. And I'm sure you have some connections uh, across those different industries where you could get the word out. And like you said, you had that. Um, event already where people were coming from all over the country. So yeah, man, it, it sounds like the sky's the limit for you and what you're doing. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing where things go. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for today. The last thing that I want to get from you though, before we let you go, um, a little bit of maybe wisdom, a little bit of, of philosophy on your, on your own. Um, I always love to ask this, if you could go back and tell your younger self any one thing any one lesson, something you wish you knew sooner? Is there anything that stands out for you? You know, I feel like everything that I've done up to this point, you know, I've always followed my gut and it's always worked out well. And I think if I could go back, I would just tell myself to, to uh, trust my gut um, because I feel like I, I just had a lot of anxiety all the time about, am I making the right decision? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? You know, and so... I always had a lot of anxiety that I think really drained a lot of my energy and a lot of my, it caused me a lot of unnecessary stress. So I think if I could get some of those, uh, some of that anxiety out of the way and some of that stress, you know, uh, I, I think I would, uh, I would really appreciate that because sometimes it led to burnout, you know? And so, um, and definitely also just telling myself to make more, more time for myself, but that's something I'm still telling myself today. So Gotta work on it. <laughs> advice, advice years ago is still good advice today. So awesome. Last thing, this is gonna be an easy one. If people want to find you, they want to check you out online, where do they find you? Instagram, Facebook, website, where's the best place to check you out? Yeah, I would say Instagram is probably the best place. It's just at search to new levels. Um, and that's our website as well, search to levels.net. So those are probably the best places to kind of uh, uh, find us, but definitely the Instagram, you'll get a better feel of who we are, what we do, and and, you know, if you are in the Chicagoland area, by all means, feel free to shoot me a DM, shoot me a text, and I'll get back to you and we can, we can have you uh, stop on by. All right, man. Well, I greatly appreciate you being on with us today. It's been a pleasure. I wish you continued success, sir. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, we appreciate you being here with us. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard. 
Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out.